welcome to Dexter New Blood Hootis. Uh, this episode we covered Smoke Signals, which was the latest Dexter uh, show, and it's a really interesting one. I don't, I don't know how if you're a fan of old Dexter. I don't know how at this point you're not a fan of new Dexter because we've got a lot of character development going on, a lot of stories. I mean, he is he has begun the cycle. It is in like full swing, and he's he's back to being old Dexter in a super new environment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This this one is feels the most like old Dexter from from beginning to end as far as the episode goes. But I think that that's because he's getting back in the swing of things. Although in this episode, he starts to question: Is he one and done? Is mm-hmm. he going to be doing this more? I mean, he goes through a whole lot of issues trying to figure out where he's going to, what's he, how is he going to properly dispose of the body now that that seems to have not been the way he did it didn't seem to work, you know? So. Yeah, this is, this is a really interesting one. Um, we're, I mean, we're super glued to it. So we're going to, we're going to keep on trekking. Um, we are, yeah, we're just, we're really into this show. <laughs> And I think it's it's all due to really great acting, really interesting storyline, um, a lot of new stuff coming through. You know, it's not it's not exactly the same old Dexter, but you see him trying to get his pattern back. He's trying to get his routine, his rhythm. Um, but like like Marsh just said, you know, he's not too sure. He's not sure if he should, if he wants to. You know, questions. You know, I'm going to be a good father. Um, is that is that really true though? Right. Yeah. And this one, we're going to be doing a little new of a format. The last one we did uh, kind of a, a once-over of episodes one and two to, to get kind of caught up. Uh, what we're doing now is basically we're watching it with a live mic. And as things are coming up and occurring to us, we're recording it. So it's a little bit more linear in the uh, output moving forward. Yeah. First, first part of Dexter, uh, New Blood. There was this moment where uh, he he comes into the police station and the receptionist said, "Oh, oh yeah, we got footage of the that dude on camera." And Dexter just freaks out, saying, "Footage? Camera? What? This this could just be a tease to get your heart race up." Yeah, I'm wondering if this is especially because. So the lady says that there's there's cameras in the wilderness. He goes, who knew? And he goes, I sure didn't. Which, from an electronic standpoint, really begs the question of how it's plugged in. Is it all battery operated? Is it all Wi-Fi? We'll see how that comes about. I don't know if that means that there's little drones flying around. It wouldn't seem so. But I don't know a whole lot of battery operated intensely Wi-Fi. I mean, Wi-Fi is not a, it's not a great science. Mm. It's because it's limited so you have to put all these repeaters to get wi-fi to get back to a hard drive so either way i don't know whether you're going with it and i wonder if this is just a whole nother mechanism of he's caught and then the girlfriend's like i need to talk to you and then it's another one like where do you want to go for lunch you know yeah. what i mean yeah so the first scene was indeed uh, a mechanism to just get us hyped up of oh Dexter's about to get caught and he had the the same dialogue he had 
in original Dexter, the there was a I forget exactly which which uh, season it was, but there was a moment where he said, "Oh great!" He came into the office and he was like, "Oh great, I'm going to be taken down by Masuka," you know. So I I completely um, connected with that because I was like, "Oh, it, like it immediately reminded me of old Dexter." Um, but I thought this is really interesting because it this shows that he is in new territory. He doesn't know the environment the way that, of course, he knew Miami. So this is really interesting because he's learning all about, oh, shit, I didn't know about the woods. I didn't know about infrared camera, you know, footage. So this, this is really interesting uh, new development. It also shows that Dexter still sees himself as better than and smarter than because the idea of, these are the fools that are going to take me down. Yeah, yeah. These are the goofs that are going to take down the, the great, mighty Dexter Bay Harbor Butcher. Like, zoologist. Yeah, a damn zoologist <laughs> and some podunk sheriffs. Yeah, yeah. Which so. I like that too. Because even like you said, the comfort he had growing up in Miami gave him a sense of, of being better than mm-hmm. on top of everything else. Mm-hmm. Here he is being sloppy, still thinks he's like, well, still, I'm still so much better than everyone else. I can afford to be a little sloppy. Well, I, but this is, this is wilderness. This is a whole new, this is a whole new game. Yes, he's been here for 10 years, but that doesn't mean that he, he knows it in the sense of being a hunter, right? Yeah. He, he hasn't been a hunter in so long. So this is completely, completely new. And I think it's really interesting. I love that the uh, video surveillance turned out to be animal tracking. Yeah. So it was all heat sourced. Because, I mean, and then, I mean, they played into it so well, too. The guy being frustrated. Why are there blind spots? Because so we're tracking animals. We're not. Yeah, we're, we're not, not tracking killers. <laughs> yeah, we're not. It's not surveillance. It's to make sure we know where the animals are. You know what I mean? Like, because they're, they're protected. They're on protected land. You know what I mean? So, yep. Uh, which also would explain. Why it's not a bunch of fucking webcams out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Love it making sense. So the scene where um, where Harrison is at school and he realizes, you know, his new buddies are actually bullies. Um, and he, he kind of figures it out. And he's like, man, that's fucked up. And the guys are like, oh, yeah, man, it's really fucked up. You know, they're they're not getting it. But I'm wondering if this is going to make Harrison, may, maybe he'll start getting some little complex of, oh, this guy needs to be rescued. This guy needs to be saved from these bullies. I'm, I'm just wondering if there's going to be a theme of like father, like son. You think Dexter thinks he's saving people? Yes, he totally is. Like you just said, he had a God complex. He is, because in original Dexter, there was um, the end of, I forget which season, but there's the end of it where, you know, he's with Rita, his new family, and people are cheering him. He has this fantasy of he is rescuing these people from these horrible, you know, these horrible criminals. And so I'm wondering if that theme is going to... Um, is going to come about with Harrison being like, oh, this this kid is getting bullied. He needs to get rescued. This sense, this hero sense of um, superiority, I guess. I suppose. I guess I would... I feel like that Dexter's so much on vengeance and not protective. You know what I mean? Like, mm. he's protecting people through revenge. It's like after the fact. You Like, he needs a solid victim. He needs, he needs something to... 
to warrant death, and the only thing that warrants death is other death most mm -hmm. of the time. So it would be interesting to see a developing Harrison struggle with the idea of what's too far, how do I stop that, how do I stop more of it from happening again. I could see that. Yeah. I mean, I, I just theory, but I thought that was really interesting. Oh, my God. Okay, so we just we just saw the scene where... Um, where Dexter's girlfriend is saying, wow, confiding in him, saying, I can't believe I was about to call this search off. What am I thinking? I'm being a bad cop. And Dexter says, no, no, you're doing your job. You're a great cop. And I just turned to Marsh and said, this is completely like Deb. It's like Deb and Dexter back in original Dexter because she, early Deb, was always doubting herself, never thought she was a good enough cop. And then it was always Dexter's, you know, building her up, saying, no, you've got this, you know. And that internal monologue of uh, when when she asks, you know, what was I thinking? And he, internal monologue says, oh, exactly what I wanted you to think. Like, you're playing into my hand. It's just a cycle that's repeating, clearly. Yeah, it's very Deb-esque in that regard. Which, I mean, so when you think about it, too, Deb, in what was it, season four? five or six fall th believe she's falling in love with dexter yes romantically mm -hmm. what a weird play on it to have the biggest loss in dexter's life be deb and in a very freudian way start dating someone who he can unfortunately manipulate similarly mm -hmm. has a very similar mindset has very similar goals in yeah. life yeah uh yeah yeah, I'm, I mean, I think I said that the first episode, right? I said she looks like Deb. She's very, and obviously she's, you know, a cop. Like, she's a chief of police. But, you know, I just thought right off the bat, those similarities right there are, like, just way too too close for me. <laughs> and it's, it's really developing um, just in the script itself. So this is really interesting. That scene where... Dexter meets the blood analyst at his own crime scene um, was really great because you see him frustrated thinking at first oh oh let's see how this how good this guy is and the guy like drops some of his equipment he's like oh great this guy's sloppy this is gonna be a piece of cake let's see how it goes they made him overly goofy which I loved yeah it's all like <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing oh, what I'm, I'm here to do what I do and yeah. so Dexter's all like okay Cool. Tweedledee. This is going to be great. Yeah. And until, of course, the the dude does exactly what Dexter said. It says internally what he would have done. He plays out exactly what happened just by the blood alone. And then you see Dexter kind of frustrated and almost angry, just like, damn it, I've gotten rusty. And he says that. And it's just this great moment of, oh, shit, this, I am I am not as sharp as I used to be. I love that they had him in all the goofiness of everything he was doing and even the way that the, the blood analyst was like describing what he was doing was not as eloquent necessarily as Dexter. But once they asked him point blank, what do you think happened here? He went into a Dexter monologue mm -hmm. of reading the blood and yes. then finding finding the one thing missing 
the same way Dexter did and all the other ones where it's like, oh, this happened, this is like, which would mean that there'd be something over there. Here's your bullet or whatever it was, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Incredible. And then like just the the slow pan in on on Dexter and... Yeah. Yeah. I'm sloppy in my abstinence. So good. I love this. This build of, oh shit, is he really gonna, is he gonna say it? And then the guy says, yep, we're looking at foul play. And he's like, oh, I love that. I do think it's a little bit weird that they allowed the dad concept of Dexter and dad because mm-hmm. Dexter is only there because he quote really likes the CSI shows. Yes. And the dad is there because it's his son. It's his son, which would mean that he would have a very clouded judgment. Mm-hmm. So I would think that from a, <laughs> just from an investigating standpoint, you'd go, okay, well we don't need cosplay or CSIs around. And we don't need emotional dads around. Like, you would think you would not want them around. Yeah, but we're also dealing with new chief of police. You know, young young chief of police, um, not very sure of herself. So she's going to try to ruffle as few feathers as possible. And I think it's just indicative of how small the town is and how tight-knit it is. Yeah. It's just another one of those things of like, hey... Everyone can be a part of it. And, and the, the, the analyst said, stay outside of the crime scene. And they did tape it off and have stood on the other side of the tape. And So, I mean, I get all that. But there was a little <laughs> bit of me that was kind of like, eh, would you really want them there? <laughs> yeah. I mean? Yeah. So, my, my first question when um, Dexter goes back to the cabin was, how is he going to move the body um, because he's got search dogs coming the following morning. How is he going to move the body with Harrison staying there? And of course, you know, he, he looks in Harrison's room, Harrison's asleep. And I'm just thinking, oh man, when when is that moment going to happen where Harrison catches him doing something Dexter-like? I also don't know if I buy into this dog business. Okay. He fucking put the body underneath a bunch of stones of fire and have burnt been burning it every day for a week. Is the dog really gonna be able to smell? I don't know. Underneath there, I, I, I mean, maybe. I'm, maybe. I'm, I don't know. About I mean, dogs. they're trained to smell. I would think that they pick everything up, but I don't know. But I would think that if you're burning it, it's because you're fucking up the smell of stuff and the condition of it. Well, then again, we showed before like it was super preserved for some weird reason, <laughs> but like yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like I, even with I think drug dogs, if yeah. you one of the things that people will do is mask the the smell with other things. Mm. You know. Okay. It just seems weird. I don't. I mean, I just don't know. Yeah. I guess I just don't know. But it just seemed to me like, oh, the dog's gonna go straight to the fire pit. <laughs> and then people are gonna be like, oh, clearly there's a body here. Let's dig up the fire pit. It just seems like it would be a lot more convoluted than that. But maybe not. And then my next question is like, okay, what the hell is he going to do with his body? I mean, again, new territory. Territory he does not know. There's no, there, you know, there's no ocean like there was in Miami. He knows all the, you know, all, all the different um, routes that the, the water is going to go. Like, he doesn't know as much as he, he thought he knew. Yeah. I mean, at first he, he, he insinuated he was going to drop it in his fishing hole. Mm-hmm. But now it's kind of like, where where would you drop it if not in the lake? And then, then now you're dropping bags of bodies in the lake. Like, it seems more possible of finding that than it would in the Bay Harbor. And even then, well, 
I guess right. He put rocks on it so it would sink to the bottom. Yeah. Does the does the is the town big enough to have uh, water surveillance like the mm. the radar stuff? Yeah. Because you know the true. the boats with radar will go through and they'll be like, oh look, there's a collection of shit down here. We should look at it. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Definitely complicates things. Yeah. So there was a really interesting uh, segue of stories happening. So there is this this woman, this young girl who's trapped in uh, a room, and we see her um, hunter, whoever whoever it is controlling that environment. He, he puts on his hunting gear and then lets her free. So she comes out of the basement. She's running out into the wilderness, and he he just puts a puts a target on her and and he kills her. And then at the same time, you hear Dexter's inner monologue saying, "Oh, I wouldn't want to wouldn't want to be prey out here. Hunters get up too early." As he's trying to um, get the scent all over the crime scene, right? Yeah, he's trying to. Uh... Confused the dogs by he he dug up the body, pulled the jacket off the body to get the smell of dead, so he can put that all over the crime scene and lead the crime scene over to the highway to to basically further his story that he went to the highway and left. Uh, the thing I don't get, and it's probably just because I'm not some kind of a killer. <laughs> like I understand the book, The Dangerous Game. Uh, where people hunt people because every other animal is not as conniving or clever as a human. So the idea of hunting humans uh, is more of a thrill for, you know, those people in those stories. Right. And so, I mean, that's what this is. That, that Mm -hmm. woman in the room was the woman from the hotel that we thought it was a hotel. Yeah. So it's a basement and a thing that's designed to look like a hotel, which is kind of interesting, Mm -hmm. but he lets her out. And by the time she even mm-hmm. gets out, he's already sitting on the porch with a gun ready to go. And so she just runs straight and he just shoots her. Like, does that really feel like the thrill of the hunt? You know what I mean? Like yeah. the dangerous game was about releasing them into the wild and giving them a head start yeah. and then tracking them. But I think I think in that sense, um, the whole idea is control. So I, I think back to original Dexter. There, I remember there was this one serial killer who... Uh, has an entire maze set up in his house, right? And he, he gets a woman, he roofies her, and then he he lets her go um, into his maze, right? And then he's running after her. But of course, it's a controlled environment, so he's going. He knows she's not going to make it out, um, more or less. So I, I feel like like I get what you're saying, but in his mind, I could see him being like, "Well, you're not going to get far," you know, which. It, it's still the kind, the same kind of like, oh my god, like you're just, you just want a victim. You don't care who it is, or you know, this blind sense of just control, I guess. Yeah, it almost just feels like he just wants to use his gun. Yeah. And I bet you that's like not it, but it's like, but that's what it feels like when it's all like, oh, I'm gonna keep this person trapped, get them weak, get them slow, get them desperate, yeah. then let them out, and I'm gonna use my cool gun with my cool laser sight and shoot them within seconds. It's kind of like. Did you just, yeah. you just want, you like shooting things from 200 feet away? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just weird. But like I, I said, I'm, I, I guess I don't murder enough to, <laughs> to have a good grasp on why that's exciting. Well, and, and the, the, uh, in Dexter, original Dexter, that, um, serial killer I'm thinking of, I remember he, you know, right, right when he was gonna, um, let this woman go into his maze and she had no idea what was happening. I remember him being like, oh, 
uh, like I'm strong. She's like, what? What are you talking about? And then, you know, then that's when he tries to attack her and she runs, you know. So it's kind of just like, I guess it's weird uh, well, hunter's yeah, but, prerogative. I but, mean, but that dude liked the fight. And yeah. the, the traps were all set to lure them into a battle that was going to be basically that he had the advantage of. Yeah. But he liked the struggle. He needed to win, but he liked the struggle. Just yeah. like with the hunting of people by by giving them a head start is it's an island in dangerous game. Mm. So you're not getting off. You're going to be found. Yeah. And I'm going to kill you. It's I need the advantage because I have to win. But I but the struggle is what makes it interesting. There mm. was no struggle here. And that's to me. It's like what part of this is even interesting to to that guy. And the only thing I got is like, well, he likes to get put on his his mask and shoot a powerful gun. Like, yeah, that's all I can feel like. Yeah, he put his mask and his and his jacket. So I don't know where. I mean, if it's something he does after the fact, I don't know. But I do think it's interesting because we're already seeing this new villain be built up, right? Because obviously, Dexter has to have more villains because he's the hero in this scenario, in all his scenarios. Oh, for sure. And right now, Dexter's almost the villain, you know. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. So they have to they have to balance that out with a new new scary character, and this is definitely one of them. Yeah. This is yeah. When new viewers are watching this, I. I can't imagine that they don't see all these similarities from new Dexter to old Dexter because at this point his cycle has already begun and we've just gotten we've gotten started we're ramping up and he's just he's so similar to old Dexter. Yeah and it's got all the teases of, of old Dexter with the new environment and I think that realistically the first couple episodes were designed by production to feel like this isn't Dexter. Because as viewers, we're also going through character development that he's going through, where things don't feel right. Things feel awkward. It doesn't quite seem like I'm used to this being. Why are things different? Why is this weird? <laughs> we're going through the same emotions as Dexter. We're on Dexter's ride here. Yeah, and another similarity I just thought of, um, Harrison is in some in some aspects similar to Deb in that you know, she was clueless for a very long time about Dexter's, you know, whole other life, um, his serial killer life. So I think Harrison kind of does play that role in that he he has no idea. He's just getting acquainted with his with his dad. Right. Um, which is new. But um, I think there's also hope, I'm sure going to be that that fear of, oh, my God, what's going to happen if Harrison finds out, you know, that whole dialogue he used to have with himself of of what's going to happen when Deb finds out, I think is also what we're going to be seeing too. Yeah. And ultimately they also answered the question of the body under the fire. Like I couldn't understand how the fire was not destroying the body or if he dug up the whole fire pit, turns out it's just to the left of the fire pit or whatever, like <laughs> just on the outside of the fire pit, he buried it, which makes it even weirder to me. Like when it's right there, I was like, well, why didn't you dig up the fire pit and burn it there? Like, <laughs> He's just not, he's not thinking that this town is going to be as sophisticated as apparently they are. Yeah, but it did afford him the opportunity to get the, the jacket out of the remains to be able to do this. So it's like, so, but he is preserving the stuff at this point. And it's, I don't know, it's yeah. really weird to me. Yeah. 
Marsh is pretty convinced that the uh, the hunter with the mask that just killed this girl is the dad of uh, Dexter's victim, which would be pretty interesting because then you've got a crossover of stories there. Yeah, 100%. That's him. I know they're zooming in on his eyes with the with the mask on. That shape of his head is, to me, super definable. <laughs> definable? <laughs> Definitable. <laughs> There's just I don't, I'm just convinced. I mean, I look at his eyes. I look at the shape of his head. Uh, you can you can see his cheeks. You can see the big chin with a little bit of fuzz on the end because it's almost too rounded. Like I'm telling you, that's that's the dad, this motherfucker. And plus, it would make sense because the kid is crazy and wants to do these crazy things and was obsessed with hunting. I feel like if we went back, we would find little tidbits about him talking about his dad being a hunter of some sort. He did. I do remember when he was on Dexter's table, he said, oh, you know, my dad, he never he never paid attention to me. And I said, oh, well, you're blaming this on bad parenting. So that would lead to, oh, okay, maybe this this guy's nuts, you know, clearly. But I also thought it was super creepy. He puts the recording, he puts the record on, and then after he kills her, he kind of just closes his eyes like he's breathing in his success, and it was just super creepy. Yeah, it feels so good. Ugh. I mean, it's almost similar to the moment that Dexter has right after he 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 uh, sticks someone with the the knife. Yeah, you know, and he kind of just breathes yeah. it in. He's like, "Okay, that's done. I'm yeah, dark passenger." It's him, though. I'm telling you, that's the dad. That's the dad. Okay. Just end of story. That's the dad. You guys can wrap it up. We all go home. <laughs> okay. Nailed it. All right. We got it. Okay. So I did want to say that the the old the old man hunter is now embalming this young woman that he he shot right. He shot her in the back with his rifle, and it's just like insane because we have no idea where this is going. Like, so this is his thing. He likes shooting someone easily, right? That he captures and drugs, uh, roofies, and then embalms her. Like I'm so confused by this. Yeah, he would have to either have that kind of setup in his in his house, or be like the town morgue. More right? Like, and if it is the same dude who does both, then yeah, what's the be- what better cover than you bring in your own dead body, take care of it like you would all the other ones? It fills one of your shelves. You're the only one who works there. It's a small town. Who's gonna know that the shelf is filled with a bunch of people that? And that was the girl that was just passing through, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah, this is wild. And not positive if it's directly related or not, but while he is embalming the the girl, his victim, he's playing the Everly Brothers, and it, which is you know, obviously the real old timey music, and it pans over to uh, folded pajamas. This may or may not be relevant to Trinity, who was doing the same thing when he would kill the the child in his in his scenario. But he was playing Frankie Avalon, so it's different. But I guess I could see how it's similar. Uh, just a thought. Not sure if it's if it's meant to be a nod to Trinity or not, though. The scene where Dexter is is just coming out of a, a long night. Right, he's he's been running around the woods and then he has to do an interview with the cop who he didn't think much of but this cop um gets kind of serious in the interview he's like oh i just got i gotta do this for everyone i know i know you but we got some questions 
And there were some moments when I was thinking, does this cop believe Dexter or is he like Dokes and he sees right through him? Mm. Because I got I got hints of that when he was staring at him. And I couldn't tell if that was Dexter's perception or the guy's actual. Yes. Because we see it a lot through Dexter's eyes, you know? Yeah. So part of me was all like, does Dexter think this guy's on to him or is this guy actually seeming to be kind of on to him? Yeah. Yeah, those these cuts that they're making are really smart and really, really making you question what it is that is reality. Like, are you seeing reality or, yeah, or are you seeing what he thinks, Yeah. right? Because he's still in unfamiliar territory. He doesn't really know these people from, you know, their work side because he's not in that cop environment. So mm. he doesn't know how good they are at their jobs, essentially. He's already learned that the their blood analyst that they brought in from another town is excellent. Mm-hmm. So what's to say that this cop isn't actually really good at his job? Yeah. I'm sorry for guessing, but one thing I thought um, should probably be of note is uh, Deb's character has definitely changed in this this episode. Um, unlike the last episode, last two episodes where she was um, terrifying, um, you know, basically just terrorizing him. Uh, in this one, she was she was much more calm, almost almost comic, almost cartoonish. When when they're going through trying to figure out how they're going to dispose of the body, she's like, "I've got ideas." <laughs> yes. And yes. she goes full on Fargo. Yeah. That was and it's gross. just such a violent scene. And she's sitting there kicking her foot up and smiling and hands out like, yay. Yeah. And, you know, Dexter <laughs> even makes a comment about Fargo. Yeah. But, yeah, she definitely was not the terrorizing force. She was definitely more, she was more snide uh, in the comments that she was making. But she was also trying to help him almost like well all right well let's figure it out like she's part of the brain trust and so it was a little bit it was 100 percent different than what we saw in the last one where she was just terrorizing him trying to forcefully get him to to stop so it's almost like her character her inner voice of him is also semi-schizophrenic yeah i mean i think in this one i kind of got the vibe that she's much more like tied or mirroring his conscience where he's talking to himself, not necessarily to Deb, right? Because obviously this is not Deb, old Deb character, but this is new Deb where last one, the last episode he was, it seems like he was really fighting with himself on, Oh my God, this is happening. I'm breaking this. You know, I've been, I, I haven't done this in 10 years. I'm, this is a really huge thing for me. And at this point he's past that. He's so far past that, that he's, I mean, he's just so stuck on logistics at this point where, where Deb is, is no longer a hurdle. She is now an ally, right? Mm. Yeah. At least for now. We'll see. I also really enjoyed the addition of putting a true crime podcaster in it. (laughs) Yeah. I want to see where that goes, but yeah, the (laughs) idea that she shows up, she was even in her boots seemed a little bit like those were not hiking boots those were were red carpet boots fashion very fashion forward right that character is 
Yeah, she's, I'm sure she's going to play a big role. Yeah, and she was already sensationalizing what was happening around. It's like, oh, you know, local heartthrob, this and that. And she's like, what, are you like a fan of his? And she's all like, no, no. And then, <laughs> oh, go talk to that cop over there. Oh, he's a bunch of muscle. Like, oh, what? he's cute. And it's like she's sensationalizing just the world around her because she's going to need to podcast about it and put a spin on it. Yeah. Neat, neat new character. I'm really curious about the father right now going through and saying that he FaceTimed with his son. Yeah. I mean, and Dexter even said it out loud, like, you know, internal internally, but out loud to us that why would he be pretending that he did that? What is he trying to, I mean, what is he trying to hide at that point? If he's trying to end the search, hmm. there's gotta be something that the father wants to hide and put away. And what is that going to be? Well, your theory is that he killed that young woman. Maybe he, if he is that hunter that killed the young woman and embalmed her, is that somehow connected to his son and he wants to just get the police away from the town? True. If there's, if their search is getting closer and closer to where he does what he does, hmm. then at some point they could stumble upon his little uh, house of horrors, as it were. So, But, yeah. Go ahead. Well, the um, the cop's daughter and Harrison, I'm sorry for her name, um, they they were having some road trouble, so Harrison goes um, to go get help, right, make a call, and then we see the the old tycoon, the oh, rich dude. Oil tycoon. Oil tycoon roll on by, and, uh, you know, he has some words with the daughter, um, and I thought that he could have been the, the one that, the killer of the uh, the young woman. Um, because he's super creepy, and the, I, I'm like confused as why he keeps popping up. So, yeah. and he came off real, real creepy too, with like, "Hey, come sit in my car with me," you know, like, "Oh, do you want me to give you a ride?" Like he was insistent mm. on getting her alone with him, even though she said, "My friend's making a quick phone call up the way." Yeah, came off super creepy. But I, I don't know. My gut tells me that that's a red herring. That. He's creepy for other reasons, and the person who's out there shooting and murdering is the dad. Okay. All right. Well, we, we're we going to continue on with this mystery. Thank you for listening to Dexter New Blood Who Dis podcast. Please like, subscribe, uh, You know, leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. Um, let us know if uh, you have any other theories because um, we're super, we're just super interested in the show um, and want to connect with other fans. Um, so, yeah, uh, continue to follow us, continue to watch, and we will be back next week. You can find us on Twitter at WOTR The Show because this is a uh, sister show to Wrestling on the Rocks. Uh, I can be found at Ref Marsh. On Twitter as well. Feel free to comment to us directly about how dumb we are for missing the obvious if you find something that we did not pick up on. Yeah, this is Michelle, um, producer lady of Wrestling on the Rocks and uh, the one who wanted to do uh, Dexter Podcast. Cheers. Bye.